0: GM,
1: DMGM, what's poppin', oh man, just busy week with everything going on with New Year's and stuff, man, but doing well, can't complain, busy's good, Um, also have a move coming up this next week, and I know how, (laughs) I know how you know what that's like, Mr. Rooster,
0: My least favorite thing to do in the entire world. I've done it so many times.
1: The worst thing is I, like, I've lived in this place for four years. And, like, that's a long enough period of time to where you just start to accumulate a bunch of stuff that you don't even realize. So it has been just a pain in the butt, man, trying to get, get everything. And, like, I feel like I've done so much. But then I look around, I'm like, I barely scratched the surface of everything that I really need to do.
0: No, yeah, um, 100% I feel that. I end up throwing a lot of shit away
1: <laughs> every time I move. I'm just like,
0: <laughs> fuck it at this point. I don't even care about it anymore. Yeah, it's an awful process, I feel for you.
1: Well, dude, that's, that's what I'm doing with a bunch of stuff right now. It's just finding people to give it away to, right? Like, even my furniture... <laughs> I don't even feel like going through the process of listing everything on Craigslist or, you know, Dude,
0: it, it's like exactly just... because all you get met up with is scams too. Like you try to sell one thing, then you got fucking 400 people telling you that they're going to get it. And their uncle's going to come pick it up in a truck tomorrow. And then, Oh, extra money, something, something always the same fucking so it's, it's so much. It's so littered with bots to just scam it's yeah not even worth it dude i ended up putting a fucking i don't even remember what kind of wood it was but it was a solid wood table like full dining room table set with like extra leaves and everything um just like out in the parking lot with the free sign on it i was like i don't even want to fucking move this anymore like someone come take it a fucking recliner couch like i was like have it uh, i'm all good new shit
1: Yeah. No, man. My my situation is I just feel like I've been going insane a little bit this year (laughs) Like by living by myself. I kid you not, because when I used to work the corporate job, I went to the office every day. As much as you complain about it, like that regular contact with people, that regular routine really does keep you grounded. And I think there are certain types of people, you know, they do recharge by more time alone than not. I am somebody that recharges being around people. Right? So like I, I was in one of these funks where, like dude, I swear I, I hadn't left the house in a couple of days because I was just like absorbed by the charts, everything else going on on CT. So not leaving the house in a couple of days without having any roommates when you've got a house to yourself, it's like, you know as much as I enjoy having the extra rooms for people to come and stay and all that type of stuff, like you know, the dedicated office, the dedicated everything else, It's like, I was just going crazy. And I get a call from a buddy and he's like, Hey, do you want to move it? Like we have, you know, I've got an extra spot. I have a buddy that just moved out and I just kind of said F it. (laughs) I didn't even think about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I'm moving into the good buddy. Um, So I've got to get rid of a bunch of stuff. But the other thing too, is it's like, I've got an office like a legit office. And this is one of the things that I think is going to be healthy about it outside of the house. So like to go to the office, I literally, you know, I'm going to have to leave the house, go to it because I've got another buddy that has this business and you know, he's got this massive space where he doesn't use half of it. So I'm just like, it's one of those things where I am going, that's one of my goals for 2024 is to just be like around people more often as, as lame as that sounds like that is one of the things that I'm really focused on. So right now I'm just going through the process of trying to clean up everything, consolidate, just give stuff away. Like that's literally what I'm trying to do with my buddy. One of my current conversations is it's like the furniture I have in my house is way nicer than what he has. I don't want to keep it. I am just trying to convince him to take it for free. Right. I'm like, bro, you can have all my furniture. I don't want it. And not that it's not good furniture. Right. Like it's good furniture, like high quality stuff. But he's got this couch, man, like this old couch that he loves. And he's like, man, just had it reupholstered. I really hope he's not on this space, by the way. I don't think he is. I don't think he has Twitter. But he's like, bro, I just got it reupholstered and I get all these compliments on it. And I'm looking at that thing. I'm like, man, thinking to myself, there are two types of compliments in this world. There's compliments that are just nice comments that you make to somebody when you enter their home. And there are compliments that are genuine. There is no way that it is the second out of those two options. So that's what my did. Dude, who the fuck
0: is your buddy? Like is that is the strangest impersonation I've heard. Like, don't uh, yeah, I don't know. Sounds a little suspect.
1: <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a little bit sus. Like, here's the deal, though. He's a, he's a great guy, good friend. Like, enjoy doing a bunch. Of, but it's just that's that's my thing. You know, I'm really talking down this situation, and you know, I'm not signing a lease or doing anything like that. So, like, I'm literally just gonna, you know. It's one of those things where I see it as I'm going to be traveling a lot more this next year, too. Just like getting rid of a lot of stuff, getting rid of things that tie me down to a location and having freedom while also having more community. But then at the same time, while I'm doing all this, I'm like, in my pursuit for sanity, I think I might have gone insane. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's an interesting process, but I think it's gonna be good. We'll see.
0: Yeah, speaking about insane, that's uh, I'm pretty much teeter totter in that line right there right now, um, <laughs> between that, all this shit that's going on and being in the Solana ecosystem. Like, it's definitely reminded me why I faded Solana. The entire bull market is just because, like, uh, the, the jeets, man. Like. It, <laughs> It's un- unbearable. And honestly, like being able to open a trade, like people doing these like five ten dollar trades, like you know, I'm not trying to knock size on anything, but that should just be illegal. Like there there should absolutely be no reason that you're, you know, trading five ten dollar positions and the and you'll see people dump like a hundred different accounts dump like ten dollars. Ends up making a pretty big impact on the chart. <laughs> On ETH, you know, if you're not opening up a position in a coin with like $200, you're losing over 25% of that just to just the gas fees, right? So it, it forces people to have slightly more conviction. The these motherfuckers in Solana can't hold onto a position longer than like six minutes. If it doesn't 100x in six minutes, they just start cheating everything they have off a cliff, and then. Onto the next rotation because it costs like 14 cents to spin up a coin. So, yeah, dude, it, it's definitely reminded me why I despise
1: the ecosystem. Have there, have there been a lot of Solana NFTs that have been popping up recently? Because I feel like I haven't, like that's one meta that I really haven't seen necessarily come up as much. I know we talked about how there are a couple like key projects at the top that are kind of getting some attention. But I don't really feel like we've seen the rotation of liquidity, even on Solana, into NFTs as a whole yet, right? Like you don't have the DGen mints that are just popping up left and right. Like that's not where people are choosing to gamble. There, no, their- there was
0: one the the Apes pumped and dumps this like ugly. I don't even remember what kind of animal it was. It was like a like a kind of look like a gecko or salamander type deal. I don't know. They were ugly. I, I faded on. I, I did fade a five X. I think the first time I saw them, they were at like four soul and then they went uh, up to like 20, but I think they're down pretty bad right now. Um, and that was, you know, a bunch of the apes were showing that all the way up to 20 soul and then went silent afterwards. Um, but that other, other than that, you know, I've heard things that uh, I've heard. You mean like the about... e yeah, yeah, okay. apes? Yeah. Yeah. eat apes. Yeah. No, there's definitely a good amount of, like a pretty good amount, in my opinion, of ETH liquidity trading in Solana right now. I mean, you look at every major ETH account. They've pretty much talked 80% Solana the past two months. Um, so I, I, I do, yeah, I, I do think there's like a pretty good chunk of ETH liquidity that's in Solana and then uh, even larger chunk that's locked up
1: until blast until well, you know, January whatever. Um, which still is crazy you know we'll see like you know i i still go back to what we talked about rooster where that might end up being a winning trade just because people had their liquidity locked and they get some type of an airdrop and whatever the airdrop is going to be from it as much as people are fading eth and saying oh well eth is only you know it's basically been a stable coin while you look at soul whatever else just pumping to infinity you know, like there's going to be some type of yield that you get from the airdrop itself. And I think ETH is probably going to do a bit of a catch-up trade coming up here in a bit. Obviously not as much as, you know, what soul has moved total. But, you know, it really just comes to having the discipline of not touching your bag. So it just depends. Obviously, you know, some people would outperform, but I think there's some people that will end up better off by not doing it. But the, the key thing is right now, like... As much as we have seen some interest return and, right, like people that have had sideline capital that are deploying it in some sense over the course of the past couple months, we don't really have any new entrants yet. We really don't, right? Like it's either A, people that have been active, that had some sideline capital that they've deployed, or B, you know, maybe some people that were super active before, took a little break and came back. You know, but we don't have the new entrants coming in left and right. And that won't happen until you have a name like Bitcoin or ETH that are sitting there printing new all-time highs. Most likely Bitcoin, right? And whenever Bitcoin gets up there, as much as people shit on it, like as it starts to approach those new all-time highs, that is when you really get the influx of liquidity into the space as a whole. And that's where, you know, you've got The added stimulus to be able to, you know, for a bunch of these different coins, not just the immediate pump and dump. I mean, there's more staying power at that point, right? Because you have an influx of more liquidity that's coming in and, you know, people are willing to bet a little bit more is, you know, like confidence begets confidence. So we're going to get there. That's going to happen later, you know, sometime later next year. Yeah, but. In the meantime, obviously, we've had a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff that's happening. But that's when you're really going to see a lot of the action happen, right? Like, and we're, we're a ways away from that. Um, Tracto, you've had your hand up for a bit, man. Welcome back. What's going on? What's
2: going on, guys? How you doing today?
1: Oh, man, doing well. I'm watching a little bit of football in the background, taking care of the uh, – Siblings die no, no. packing. <laughs> so beautiful, beautiful day. Oh, that's
2: awesome. No, I, I heard you all talking about Solana. I just got my uh Solana phone in yesterday
0: and I don't know. Is it still free? Uh, Let me it and ask. how much it's do you pay for it? It is
2: free. I, I got paid hundred and fifty dollars if I sell my airdrops. But you know the problem with me is I just I'm not that good at selling. I'm like, you know, the paper hands are almost out, guys. These airdrops <laughs> these airdrops are going to go back up, right? Right?
1: <laughs> Bro, that's the thing I did hear about it, that there were a million airdrops being handed out to the soul people. And I'm, you know, uh, well, with the Solana phone, as I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, how much capital is there to really keep those, you know, having some type of worth, right? Like, it just sounds to me, like, it is, you know, a horse chasing its tail to a certain extent where, you know, nothing is really sticking in one spot, right? It's all hopping from one to the next. So, if you don't, you know, but hey, that doesn't mean, like, track to, the one thing I'll say toward that is, if you sold them all immediately, you know, per coin, on a per coin basis, you would probably make way more than holding on to it. But, by holding on to it, You are basically holding on to some lotto tickets that who knows, maybe one could be the next bonk and that's all it takes. It's just one of of them is bonk.
2: So we'll we'll just see what happens. But, you know, the Solana phones, as far as the quality of the actual phone, you know, I use an iPhone for my everyday, so I don't feel that it compares to an iPhone. But compared to any of the Androids that I've seen, I've never owned one, I've never used one every day it seems like a solid phone and I mean solid because it weighs like two freaking pounds. Um, But I I really think that they nailed the delivery system that crypto is needed for stuff. I mean, you got to think you've got 20,000 of these phones. So anytime somebody partners with the Solana foundation or Solana mobile, you've got a delivery system to 20,000, you know, maybe not active participants, but 20,000 phones, 20,000 wallets, that you know, at least have their finger on the pulse of crypto. So Anything they want to get out there, you're at least getting, you know, oh, look, Bonk has 20,000 holders. Well, yeah, it's because we airdropped it to all of the phone people. Like, I don't know. It's kind of sick. I like that idea of it.
1: I know. I, I agree. I think that's cool. Um, you know, like, actually, on that same argument, I think that's a huge... One of the reasons why I'm a huge proponent of SoFi as a whole or one of the huge applications of why I think SoFi has some potential benefits, like, you know, because it's the same type of thing, right? Because you've got like this list of targeted active users that have wallets associated with them, right? And, you know, there are obviously some cons of having like these public facing wallets, but I think there are obviously some pros that come along with that as well. Because, you know, like even just looking at what Pythonomics did with his um, little airdrop on the AVAX thing with the no chill, it like it targeted 380 something people for the OGs. But it's like any time that I get on there, that's the only thing that people are talking about. Right. And it was because it was a targeted like two certain groups of wallets. So I think that. There's going to be a certain point where liquidity fades that back that direction down the road and you're going to have a decent amount of people where that is the primary application, right? Like yep, there are a lot of people that are just going to use it in the same type of instance. Um so yeah, you know, like I but you know, looking at it toward the coming next 2 years, I think just holding on to that phone in general, if it has started out as a meta this early, People are going to continue to
2: oh, yeah. airdrop
1: stuff through that. So, like, it's going to happen.
2: No, guaranteed. And on like the SoFi route, I mean, I definitely think everything is going to be the way that we bridge people into Web3. I think that the SoFi platforms, if done correctly, has a ton of potential to do that. I was even talking to my sister in law, and she was talking about how her design company, She she does like interior design and stuff. She was like, you know, I like it. I can only go to so many houses, but I really wish that there was a way to do like some stuff online. And with something like SoFi, I mean, even somebody like that comes in there, you know, you put your content forward, you offer consultations to people that hold your pass, and then you're in there. I mean, you've got a way to distribute whatever it is that you're trying to distribute, whether it's something physical, whether it's something, you know, digital, or whether it's just something like that. That's like, bringing value like if somebody wanted to go in there all right i'm i'm decorating my house like what are the the most i don't know popular color palettes like they can go to pinterest and they're going to get a million ideas or you go to somebody that's actively doing it every day and i don't know that's the part of it that kind of gets me excited you know there's definitely or you just ai it
0: nowadays
2: or you ai it but ai ain't got no taste come on
1: (laughs) yeah you know like that's gonna be one of the things on tags in the future that people are going to pay attention to, you know, one of the things in the U.S., if you were purchasing goods and it says made in China, it's like, OK, like, you know, versus having a tag that says made in America. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I want I want to support that. I don't care if it's a little bit more expensive and the exact same quality, maybe a little bit lesser. Like I'm going to go for the made in America stuff, especially. if and, it's vehicles. you know, it's the same type of thing, I think, in the future that we're going to have with tags for certain products and goods, instead yep. it's gonna, instead of saying, you know, made by China, made by America, it's going to say made by AI
2: and made by human, <laughs>
1: right? Like,
2: Yeah, seriously, coming up. especially when it comes to code and, and everything on that side of things. Like, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see for sure.
1: Hey, can we do a quick just 10 second moment of silence before we do anything further? Um, just real quick, starting now. We have a Detroit Pistons fan on stage. Um, <laughs> I
3: mean, My I, I feel his pain. As soon as it started, and I, I didn't want to interrupt it. <laughs> like,
0: so, Neb, how Hello, are you doing? The game's
3: at six. I'll pick you up, bro. Let's go. Let's break the
1: streak. Let's watch it end together.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, Neb, Seriously, break it, in. guys. Just before I let me preface this before the season,
0: boomer started, sooner or before you I get any boomer. farther.
1: What's that?
0: I said, boomer sooner before you get out of yourself.
1: <laughs> hey, bro. I mean, people people were sitting out across the board. Like you know, they they dominated that game. Um. Okay, but Neb, here's the deal, man. Before the beginning of the season, we had Neb come up here on stage, and he hyped up why the Pistons are the truth and the way that they have approached the rebuild is basically the roadmap for just about any team to follow. And, you know, Cade Cunningham, you know what? I, I will give you your flowers on Cade. Cade is legit. Thank you. Um, outside of Cade, you've got maybe Jalen Duran um you know props like i think he can be something ivy might be something maybe you know but you you start to run down and it thins out pretty quickly like point being i'm sorry man i feel your pain and i i don't feel your pain but i i feel for you I
3: appreciate that, brother. So just, like, I'm not trying to derail things and be like, all right, let's talk basketball for 40 minutes. I could do that. I have a lot of of, thoughts about this team. And honestly, like, I kind of agree with you. First of all, like, that is a little bit of a mischaracterization because I think OKC did it correctly. Like, the the impetus for this was – Me saying that the Cavs were frauds. You tweeted me something about, like, uh, how OKC has the best young core and then Orlando, which I agree with, and then I still think the Cavs are frauds. But, um, yeah, we're terrible. Uh, Cade is him. Cade is still, like, the guy. I still believe in Cade. Duren also is a monster. He's probably – my second favorite player on the – he's probably my favorite player on the team that's not Cade, I guess. Um, and then Ivy, I don't know. Watching Ivy last year, I feel like there's nothing he can't do because he just kept getting better all season. You know what I mean? So I'm, I don't want the Pistons to trade him necessarily because I don't want to see him be that guy on another team. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's miserable. It's not fun. I'm still watching. Because it's like a car crash and you can't look away.
1: Well, Neb, so everybody in the audience right now, you may be wondering to yourself, how does this tie into anything related to the crypto market? How does this tie into anything related to NFTs? How does it tie into anything related to wonky stonks? How does it tie into literally, you know, like, is there a connection to this? Is it worth my time here? And here's where it all comes together, folks, right? You are listening to this right now, and you are listening to a man that despite the longest active losing streak ever in the history of the NBA for his team, still, like, I hear the passion in his voice. He has hope. He has belief. He thinks they can still turn it around. And it takes that edge of insanity. It takes that conviction (laughs) – To be able to make it this space, right? Like, you know, there are shit coiners that they'll be down for. I mean, like, bro, imagine being a bonk maxi the past year, right? Like nobody believed in the bonk maxis. And then all of a sudden in the matter of like two months, boom, right? Like they're on top of the world. So that's how quickly things can turn around. But it takes having the heart of being a Detroit Pistons fan, To be able to make it, it takes being a neb. Kaleo is 100% correct.
3: You too can turn $100,000 worth of NFTs into a used Toyota Camry.
2: (laughs) God, I felt that. I felt that. (laughs) We all
3: felt it. We've all been there. It's only up from here, guys. It's only up from here
0: yeah I round tripped about seventy percent of my uh Solana shit of profit this week uh it's been fun. well, did you
1: get the car back?
0: no no uh car's oh, still gone actually that's that's a I might make a meme coin now called uh car gone or car's still gone
3: Wait, rooster are you down a vehicle too?
0: yeah
1: yeah I am. This was not a loss to Vegas direct by the way
0: no actually. Keys should have stayed in Vegas, but no, my dumbass actually wanted my keys back. (laughs) Rookie mistake. You know what they say, what happens in Vegas?
3: Yo, y'all trying to hear about more misery? Always. I uh, I got rear-ended at the end of February in my little Japanese sports car, and um, I bought another one. The Toyota Camry? Uh, A little bit quicker than a Toyota Camry. Um, it's a Mitsubishi Evo. Um, so I bought another one after I got re from a guy who blew the motor and I didn't know it had a bad motor. So I've been waiting on a new motor for this car since April. Uh, yeah. So
2: it, it's, it gets awful. worse when you're a Pistons fan. The, yeah. You just, you thought you hit rock bottom and then... Oh god. Alright, uh Kaleo, I gotta jump off of here in just a second. Um if you get a chance, could you DM me your telegram handle? <laughs>
1: yes. That's yes, like You gotta <laughs>
2: admire the persistency.
1: Bro, I've never I've never <laughs> seen anybody more and I like it's nothing against you, bro. I I am just I am not great when it comes to to anything dm (laughs) related
2: dude (laughs) that's the thing though seriously like my dms are insane and i just have to imagine you know someone of your stature having um multiples on the amount of dms that i get and i can't even keep up but yeah if you get a chance you know if not it's fine i'll i will find you um in the nicest way possible
1: (laughs) hey as a five foot six man that means a lot (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm going to head off. Y'all have a fantastic day. Um, I, I got beat by a 60 year old man at racquetball today, so I need to go and, I don't know, beat my four year old at, at soccer or something.
1: Uh, All right, man. Enjoy.
2: <laughs> All right. See y'all.
1: Later. Dude, you know, that just actually
0: reminded me. Uh, I met someone whose life aspiration is to be an Olympic pickleball player.
1: They don't have pickleball in the Olympics yet.
0: Exactly. Yet. That's my point.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All
2: right, I'm really leaving now, but that's hilarious because my sister-in-law, a different sister-in-law, actually wanted to do the same thing. She wanted to play for the Olympic pickleball team. I said, there is no pickleball in the Olympics, Brittany. God. Anyway, all
1: right, bye guys. <laughs> Adios, man. Um, so I'll say this like I my my parents live in a bit of an older community, right? And when we went back for Christmas, they've got all these pickleball courts in their neighborhood, like just fields of pickleball courts. So went there with my siblings, and you know, like None of us are pro pickleball players, but like, you know, we we can move around, hit a little bit. We're not we're not terrible athletes. Well, there's this old dude like, you know, late 60s guy named Jeff and Jeff walks up to the court and we ask Jeff, you know, there are only three of us there. One, you know, had had a couple people that left. We needed a fourth. We asked Jeff if he wanted to play pro jeff walks in i don't care that he couldn't move from one side of the court to the other he had no real mobility he didn't need it jeff was whooping our ass and that's when i learned why old people love pickleball because realistically you don't have to move if you know like at a certain point you've got to move just a little bit because if you are moving you're losing like you know it's that simple So that's why I learned why it's grown in popularity so much. I finally had my first dose of, you know, reality as far as what pickleball is, why it's become so popular and why it's evolved, right? Like it's because of Jeff, you know, and guys like him. So I don't know, man, pickleball is fun though. Enjoy it. Like, you know, and again, could see it as something you know like we, we just need to find the pickleball of crypto uh
0: the pickleball of crypto is wonky stonks and speaking of which um you think we're gonna not you know directly at wonky stonks but as a nft marketplace and whole you think we're gonna see uh last january we saw about a two to three x in volume from december to january you think something similar is going to happen this year
1: It's definitely going to happen. I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen in January though. Um, But it's like, as a whole, you know, like we always talk about wonky stonks being inevitable and I believe wonky stonks are inevitable, but the NFT marketplace as a whole is inevitable, right? Like it is going, we're going to see a rush of volume. Like it's, it's just a matter of when, right? Like, we haven't really seen it yet. All of the pumps that have happened are low volume pumps, right, across the board. So the high volume, high influx of people that are, like, it's not there yet, and it will. Because, you know, if you look back to the order of operations for how all this happened, do you know how, how many months slash, you know, year plus, whatever it was, of just basically a meme coin casino that we had before NFTs really took off, you know. Because I look back to it, 2020 during DeFi summer, right? There were a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different meme coins that ended up popping up during that period, like Rope, you know, Cope, etc. Like I can go down the list of different things that ended up being big for a moment that people were speculating on. Then you had the BSC meme coin era right where you had the pancake swap everybody on there and like you can go still down got the a list. bag of cummies dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like legit you you can go down the list of the different things that were the narratives for a while before nfts really became anything of a narrative within the space and like i think that's kind of where we are right now right you know a few things happening in the background and a little bit of interest You know, in the greater spectrum of things for the space, for NFTs, but just not quite there yet versus what we had last year, I almost feel like was a tail end, like I don't want to say dead cat bounce, but it was more of a tail end bounce off the previous bull market than it was like, you know, a pump entering into the next bull market, right? It it was more of that last dying flame rather than like a new spark. Well,
0: if uh, we can cup and handle that this new year, that would be uh, magnificent. Full disclosure: I do think there will probably be um, a pretty decent influx in January, even if you know it's just because an unlock at Blast, and you know, let's say people rotate ten percent of the money they locked in there back into NFTs, because most of that money did come, or a lot of the money came from NFTs initially, anyways. Uh and
1: I did an ETH native. ETH Native.
0: I did fully uh leverage all my ETH pandas, um and then grabbed more pandas on credit just because I feel it in my loins. Uh that there I feel like there will be an influx next month and I'm uh, putting my money where where my mouth is and uh you know, we'll see if it works out. What could possibly
1: go wrong blending your entire uh, panda portfolio, right? Hey, I I would love for next month to be the month. I hope you're right. Um, And, you know, I, I, I replied to this in a comment recently where somebody said that they expect it to be February or so for XYZ reason. And, like, here's my thought process on what's going to happen with the NFT marketplace, right? Like, as a whole, especially with ETH NFTs, you look at it and, you know, First off, it's going to take ETH moving up a little bit, which is kind of counterintuitive because ETH moving up a little bit, you think, oh, higher fees, more congested network. And, you know, people are going to want to exit their ETH NFT bags for ETH, right? Like that is the natural thought train that some people have, but it's not necessarily true, right? I think on the upswing, coming out of a bear market, it is confidence in the network as a whole. And you, like... My reference point for that is, look back to the summer of 2021. Look to what was happening then. Summer of 2021, you had ETH, BTC, everything else down in the gutter. And it started to take an upswing. ETH as a whole, starting in spring, really, ETH as a whole, through the end of the summer, outpaced, you know, just about anything else. Like, obviously, there were a few other things, but it greatly outpaced BTC, And in that whole narrative, there were a lot of people that faded NFTs because again, why would you be in NFTs if ETH is like, but the ETH NFT ecosystem, that's when I think it saw its first real explosive growth was when ETH was going crazy like that. So I I really think it's the same type of thing here where it's just going to take a massive move from ETH to bring more interest back into that ETH NFT ecosystem. Now at the same time, when that happens, I still think that the there's going to be a bit of lag before NFTs really blow up. I think you'll see a bit of a boost where, you know, on some floor prices maybe, just because right now, if you look at the floors of a bunch of different legit projects, they're pretty thin. doesn't take much ETH to really move them a lot. Um, so you'll see a decent boost. So right now, I think that if you want to like dip your toes into certain things, it's pretty cheap to do it as a whole. But again, to size into it right now, you're, it's difficult to do that without much slippage. So I think before you really see that huge volume influx, you know, it's going to take a couple months of confidence for floors to start to trickle up on a little bit of lower volume across the board as ETH is going up to really get enough attention to drive that huge volume spike. And from there, I mean, that'll be wave one of nfts taking off wave two i'm telling you as much as people you know we need a new influx of (laughs) we need that new wave of people and that doesn't come until btc makes new all-time highs so i think wave one we are going to see a, a little bit of a wave one maybe coming up here early part of this next year maybe it's january that eth ends up taking off Um, you know, and then throughout the next couple months, a little bit of interest in the ETH NFT ecosystem. But I really think later on, say summer through a little bit past that is when you see a real explosion, right? Like, you know, confidence returns a little bit at the beginning of the year. You get a bit of accumulation, a bit of consolidation in that area, and then you get the next real explosion sometime in the summer. That's what I'm going to roll with.
3: Now, what projects do we think... I mean, obviously, like Pandas, uh, Penguins, stuff that has staying power, that's going to be um, stuff that people go back into. But how do you think the that confidence returning is going to be affected in, in different areas, I guess? I don't know if I phrase that question like a smart person.
0: I mean, just in my opinion... Um... Confidence is going to start by returning to the space as a whole. Um, obviously, the more solidified and you know, well-run projects are going to you know, outperform pretty much everything else, and you are going to have a ton of new projects, and a, a, it's going to be pretty much a repetition of last cycle, just more. Uh, In my opinion, you're going to have very few projects that actually have any staying power and you'll be lucky to get on those early, right? Um, Your best probably risk return, in my opinion, is getting into the already proven projects. Like some of them, you know, have been building for like two years now, right? And any new project, that is a lot of catching up to do. Like sure, you can still make money trading them. Uh, absolutely, but I, th- I feel like your best risk return is going to be pretty much buying into the ones that have already proven themselves, um, if that makes sense. I think that's where the m- most confidence in the market will be is ones that have you know either launched in the bull and built through the bear, launched in the bear and built through the entire thing. Um, that's just my personal thoughts.
1: I agree with you, man, because at a certain point, yeah, you're going to have some new horses that end up running. But there for every one that ends up running and doing well, you're gonna have 25 others that you just basically see flute, you know, flop and go to zero. Um versus if you look for something more established that's been there for a while, like it's obviously the safer pick. Um, you know. There will be a point, though, and when you know things are really heating up, like, everything will pump. So, you old know, a period where you go 25 for 25 on the new ones. And when that's happening, probably a good indication that, you know, hey, maybe we've only got another month of this left or whatever it is. It's coming a little bit closer to that ending point to be able to scale back some. In my, in my opinion, my,
0: my crystal ball – Is telling me that CryptoPunks probably see their blow off top this next coming bull cycle um, and remain number one. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, But I'm talking like, you know, remaining number one, like not getting eclipsed at all the entire cycle and just absolutely having the most massive run like we've seen in NFTs. And while at the same time, apes dropping to like third through fifth um, in market cap and getting eclipsed by, you know, two to four other projects. Um, That's what my crystal ball is telling me. What are those projects going to be? Probably penguins, one of them. Um, Other than that, it's up in the air.
3: I mean, everybody here knows that I'm. Big on the future verse, and I think fluffs are also a pretty good high conviction play. But uh, it's good that I'm glad to understand your thinking, and that people are going to flock to those already made names uh, when confidence returns. And I think uh, future verse stuff it will pop later.
1: Yeah, man. I mean it's part of the part of the fun of being here now is having that advantage and kind of having that window into seeing some of those opportunities. If you're really putting the work in, because again, you know, when you're looking at the way one increase in prices across the board for NFTs, it's low liquidity pump, right? Where it doesn't take much. ETH, moves a lot. Um, And, From there, you get a higher volume influx with maybe a little bit lesser price movement percentage-wise. And it just gives you a lot more of a cushion to be able to take advantage of those moves, take profit at an easier point where some other people that are entering, you know, that waited to enter for attention to come back aren't going to have that same type of opportunity. They're not going to have that same type of cushion. So, you know there is some advantage of being here now, being patient with it. Um, And, you know, it it sounds crazy. It always sounds crazy talking about the future and talking about what will happen in a space that feels dead until it's not, right? Like, it's crazy until it's not. And that's what it is for ETH right now. You know, there are a lot of people that are saying anything on ETH. Is crazy. Why would you even consider anything on ETH? Why would you consider touching it? And, and it's crazy. And you almost feel crazy because you're seeing all these other wins across the board. And you're thinking to yourself, man, what the hell am I doing with my money parked there? Right? Like my attention parked there. And usually at the point of greatest frustration is the point of greatest opportunity. Right, like they like coincide the very oddly, like that.
0: Dude, deep down, I'm like, I will always be an ETH Maxi at core, and I am not afraid to shame it. I will disguise myself and dress up. Like the past two months, I've been dressed up as a Soul Maxi, um, but deep down, I'm I love my ETH bags, dude. And <laughs> like, and, and that's why you know I'm not necessarily a Maxi as in like, all, you know, all my attention is focused here because it, you know, it's really not. But ETH is my favorite
1: of all the coins. Get that tattooed on your back. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Dude, I already have Vitalik's face tatted (laughs) on me. I've seen it. (laughs) The weirdest thing is you got it tattooed on his right cheek. Hey not going to say.
4: Hey, how's it going? GM, Lumber the Legend. What's up, man? GM, GM. Hey, first of all, GM first of all if you're in the space right now and you don't own a wonky stonk, get the fuck out. Okay? That's what I have to say. First of all, you can hear Kaleo talk on his YouTube channel. This is a wonky space. Own a wonky stonk. Second of all, I think the Ordinals will have the biggest run of all the NFTs. There you go.
0: Hot take. Ordinals have the worst art in the space.
4: (laughs) That's coming from somebody who owns pandas, bro. Oh, shoot. We're starting to get dissension in the ranks. I mean, come Um, on. Dude, you're in a wonky stonk space and you don't own wonky stonks? Give me a break, man. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I own zero wonky stonks. All right, you
4: know what we need to do, Lumber?
1: We need to bridge some (laughs) wonkies. We need to bridge him over to ordinals somehow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> where's
4: the
1: wonky inscriptions, Lumber? Hey, if
4: I knew how to Come do on. that, I would do it, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, hey, you know what? I'm going to DM Ben.eth and ask him how he did it for his orange uh, square collection. Um, and we'll we'll get on that. So I'll have the best in the business working on it for us.
4: Um I mean, I don't know how you can't think ordinals are just not going to take off when Bitcoin, you know, is going to run the highs.
1: Oh, bro. No, I, I, I'm I, bullish on ordinals. I, I think they'll continue to do well. The more hate there is for something usually means there's something that's happening right there.
0: Yeah, I, I, no, I do not hate ordinals at all. I, I think they have their place. Um I just simply do not care, and there's so many other opportunities. I don't need to worry about missing one I, I think they yeah, I think they will run. Will they run the hardest? Um, not in my opinion, uh but you know,
1: teach their own. We will see, um, you know. It's it's going to be a fun next year, man. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, you know, 2024, been talking about it for a while. There's going to be a lot of opportunity, but 2023 overall, lots of ups and downs, but it's been a fun one, man. So, appreciate all you guys being here along for the ride. I'm looking forward to all the future <laughs> spaces, shit posts, Cetera that we all go through next year all the things that we're gonna sit back and say damn i wish i knew that one day on that one space back then had i just known that we'd get there you know i hope we manifest some of that greatness going into it i believe we will um so yeah love you guys what are we doing doing for episode 100 uh we gotta think about it like that'll be here in uh, how many weeks i gotta do the math um, it's three, Kaleo. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh shit! I had
0: five, dude. I, I had five weeks. I,
1: I I was gonna go with six, uh, you know. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see. We need we need to do something big for episode one hundred. A hundred stonk giveaway.
0: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. One
1: million stonk giveaway. All right, book it. Um. All right. Love you guys. I got to get going, unfortunately. It's been a fun one. We'll be back here next week for episode 98. And, uh, you know, our first episode of 2024 as well. So we will see you guys then. Wonky stunts are inevitable. Um, and so are the Detroit Pistons losing their next 10 games. See you guys next time. Cheers, everybody. Happy New Year.